Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the last day of this new year, or I say of this old year. Welcome to the seventh-day Holy Ghost-filled revival. This is day seven, y'all. So if this is your first time meeting with us this evening, we want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. If you don't know, it's going down in the PK. It's going down in the PK. The blessing of it is it's been going down in the PK for years. This is our seventh mm-hmm. annual last seven-day revival of the year. Now, how many times have we done this? Seven. What is seven? The number of completion. What does that say? That not only are you going to be blessed, but you have been blessed, and you will continue to be blessed. Now, if for some reason you are very new to Purpose Kingdom Network and you don't know anything about us, then the way that you get us in our archives would be www.blogtalkradio.com backward slash Purpose Kingdom. Now, we are in our revival, and the theme for the revival this month or this week is a living sacrifice, Romans 12 and 1. Now, we heard first from Reverend Morrow. He told us to be submitted and committed that you can't have one without the other, but they come together together to make the living sacrifice. And why? Because we want to do a new thing. Then the next day we heard about the new system. Now, if y'all don't know anything about the new system, then Christ would be the example of that living sacrifice. And then Brother Aaron Williams came on, and he told us about being consistent. It's one thing to do something great one time, but it's the consistency that helps you when you need to show up. And then it says something about you better come correct. So when you're coming correct, you know that you want to always be ready. He gave us a good example about oil and grease. Oil, when it gets cold, gets thick and gets stagnant. With grease, it's always ready. It's always ready to be poured. So you want to know who you are and how you are, but you want to be holy and acceptable. And remember, the standard is Christ. Then after that, we've got the evangelist Todd, and he told us about the sacrifice. What is the sacrifice, the desired sacrifice? What is is the desired sacrifice would be praise and worship? And then he got into what would not be the greatest sacrifice. And, you know, that was a powerful, that was a powerful explanation of exactly what to do. Then the next night, it was a quick one, but it was a good one because she said, if I could only stayed focused, how many of us have lost our focus? And now it's time that we can say, you know what? I lost it, but guess what? Bless God that I'm here. I'm on Purpose Kingdom Network, and I've been in here trying to figure out what is this all about, this whole sacrifice, living sacrifice. Then last night we heard about a changed mind equals a changed, what you say? A changed mind equals a changed life. It was like we had to change the factory settings of things in order to get them to where we want to be. But there was a change of what we have to do, and we have to get rid of the stinking thinking and go along with what it is that comes out of our mouth. And how do we change it? By renewing our minds. How do we do it? By reprogramming our minds. But Christ is always the example. Let's do it for Christ. That's what she says. She prepared us for what we are in store for this evening, which is the last night of our revival, which then says that at 12 p.m., we will be watching, if you're in the world somewhere, you might be watching the ball drop. What we're going to do at Purpose Kingdom Network is we're going to pray in the new year. So if you are with us, I want to say welcome. Um, tonight, we are actually going to be blessed with a word by Sister Talene Daly. In my world, I call it Chappie. So, for, for the people that know me, 
I know that Chappie is going to bring y'all a word to be heard, and it's going to be something that is going to fill you and really just prepare you for the year that is going to happen. Now, I'm going to tell you, this whole thing, well, we just all week, she was saying something about, you know, well, Minister Adrian, you know, sing a song, sing a song. There got to be a song that we sing. Sing a song. And then I'm thinking, well, you'll get one before the new year. And unfortunately, y'all have been with us, and y'all have realized that there has not been one song sang yet. So now, tonight is the last night. So, of course, there's got to be a song. But now the question is, what is the song? How can we leave this year and prepare ourselves for the new year? There were so many songs. The one that I know that she would love for me to hear is the one about a soul being anchored in the Lord. I'm not going to sing the song, but think about how we need to be anchored in the Lord. Because when you're looking at what you're looking at, it might not be the pleasingest thing, but somehow you've got to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work so that you can be able to see past this mess that we see. And when I thought about it, I said, you know what, the best thing that I would like to say to anybody and everybody, because you might not be in the place where you want to be, but you're exactly where God needs you to be. And so when we can resonate with that, I thought that the only way and the only appropriate way to end the year in song would say, I don't mind waiting, I don't mind waiting, I don't mind waiting on the Lord. I don't mind waiting, I don't mind waiting, I don't mind waiting on the Lord. What does that say? That means that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through right now, if you can resonate in the fact that it's okay to have to wait on God, but to know that he's going to come through. Waiting on the Lord is priceless, is special. And as a living sacrifice, the best thing to you to do is learn how to wait. They say, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall find and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So don't worry. Don't mind waiting. And who are we waiting on? Jesus. 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 There's just something about that name. He's master, he's savior, he's Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim that kings and kingdoms, they shall all fade away. But there's something about that name. <laughs> The name of Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We ain't going to give them all to you because they say, Nick Child, you're supposed to sing every day, not seven songs this day. But I just want you to know that just like Romans 1, Romans 12 and 1 says, to count yourself as a living sacrifice. If you are the only Christ that someone sees, 
make sure that you are the best Christ and the only Christ that they need. A little bit different tonight because I'm bringing Chappie on. And then after Chappie comes on, we're going to have Pastor Trina Harrison come in, and she's going to pray us into the new year. And then, you know, it'll be on popping, ready for 2023. Remember, 2023 is that new me, but then I thought about it. 2023 is all about we together doing what God is calling us all to do. Please sit back and enjoy. Happy New Year. Come on, Chappie. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting for the Lord. Oh, she did something with that song. Stir my spirit up. I don't mind waiting for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We just thank and we praise God for this, the seventh night of our end of the year revival. We use the theme as our seventh night, Holy Ghost Field, end of the year revival, where we end the old and start the new, praying and praising God. Hallelujah, God. Our theme scripture this week has been coming from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, as Minister Adrian said, and it reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let us pray. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, we come before you this evening with a praise in our hearts and a praise on our lips, Father God. We come, Father God, just thanking you for all that you are, all that you have been, all that you will be to each and every one of us. We thank you for all that what you are doing, all that you have done, and all that we are believing you to do. We say thank you, Father God. Father, we ask first and foremost before we go any further, that you will forgive us any sins we may have committed, Father, whether they were sins of omission or commission, Father, whether they were sins through thought, deed, or action, Father. We ask right now in the name of Jesus that you will forgive us of those sins and cast them into yonder sea of forgetfulness that they not rise up against us in that day of judgment. Then, Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you have your way this evening, Father God, that you saturate the three of us as you saturate these airwaves, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. We don't know where everyone may be at around the world in their walk with you. We don't know where everyone might be going through wherever they are listening, but we know, Father, that you are an omnipresent God, that you are in all places at one time. We know that you are an all-powerful God, an omnipotent God, Father God. We know that you can do all things. We know that you can go where we can't go. We know that you know what we don't know. We know that you can handle that which we can't handle. So we come this evening, Father God, laying it all before you. Hallelujah, God thanking you for healing, thanking you for joy, thanking you for comfort, thanking you for peace, thanking you for shackles falling off this evening in the mighty name of Jesus, thanking you for perseverance. Hallelujah, God. We just thank and praise your holy name. Then, God, we ask that you will toil the soil of our minds, that your word will fall on good ground and take, Father God, hallelujah, that we are walking epistles 
of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. And then, Lord, as I always ask, I ask that you would allow the words of my mouth in the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, God. I'm just excited about what God has been doing this week. I am excited about what God is going to do this evening. Hallelujah, God. I would like to speak with you this evening, if I could, staying in line with our theme scripture, Romans 12 and 1. I would like to speak to you from the topic of what are you really giving God? What are you really giving God? God. Hallelujah. Now, before I go into the sermon, just to to share a little bit of my testimony coming up to this week, this has been a week filled with blessings, but for me personally, it has been a rough week. It has been a hard week. Satan has done everything in his power to attempt to deter us from going forward in this revival. He has done everything in his power to deter me from going forth in his word, starting with the first day of the revival, where all of a sudden, out of nowhere, at about 5 p.m., I got sick as a dog. I mean, out of nowhere, was fine all day long, and then all of a sudden, I had a fever of 103 degrees out of nowhere, and was fine the very next day. What was the difference? I kept saying, Lord, this is nothing but an enemy. I have to push forward. And push forward we did. And it has been one thing after another ever since then. Leading up to last night when someone tried to steal my car, they they vandalized my car right outside of my home trying to steal it. They couldn't steal it because God had given it to me, but they could mess it up a little bit. Hallelujah, God. But I thank and praise God because that was meant to frustrate me, but it did not frustrate me. It made me praise God even the more because I knew that there was a word coming from the Lord which led us to late last night when I got rushed to the hospital because all of a sudden there was something in my mouth. Even now, if you were to see me, if you could see me, it looks like I have a wad of cotton stuffed down in my jaw because I had gotten an abscess and the pain was so bad that I couldn't sit up. I couldn't walk. I couldn't, it just took me out. But God, We are still here today bringing forth this word, a living sacrifice, and what are you giving to God? What are you really giving to God? Amen. Now, this particular scripture means a lot to me personally, mainly because when you really look at what the scripture is saying, Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It it made, at least it made me stop and examine myself. It should make you stop and question what is it that you are really giving to God in sacrifice. We say all the time that we are sacrificing for God. We say that we do this through our tithes, our offerings. We say that we do it through prayer and fasting. We have gotten so good through it now that we call everything a sacrifice of praise. But the question this evening, are we really giving God that which we know he has asked us for, or are we giving God what we want to give him? Hmm. Because, see, I don't know if you know it, but there is truly a difference between giving God what he asked for and giving God 
what we want to give him. Uh, uh, if you think about it, think about on your birthday or on Christmas when you've been asking for a particular gift, a special gift, a certain gift, and you've been telling everybody around you that can hear and has a way of obtaining this gift for you. You've been saying, this is what I want for Christmas or this is what I want for my birthday. And when your birthday comes or when Christmas comes, you find all these beautiful little gifts, but not one gift of what you asked for. Sometimes I think that's how we are with God. We, we, he told us what he wanted. He wanted us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. But are we giving him what he has asked for? Now, again, as I said, there's a difference between giving God what he wants and giving God what he, what we want to give him. There's a difference between giving him what he's asked for and us giving him what we want to give him. If you don't believe me, let's go back to the beginning of the book. And I'm not talking about the book of Romans. I'm talking about the beginning of the word of God, which we can find in Genesis. And if we go to Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 5, we can find out about giving God what we want to give him and giving him what he has asked for. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3, it starts with, And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel into his offering, but unto Cain into his offering he had not. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Amen. Now, on the outward appearance, when you look at this particular story of Cain and Abel, it appears that they are both doing the same thing, that which God would have them to do. They are presenting sacrifices unto him, sacrifices thanking him for that which he had blessed them for. But the scripture clearly tells us that although it looks like they were doing the same thing, they were not actually doing the same thing because Abel's sacrifice was accepted and received by God and Cain's was unaccepted. Now, the Bible does not clearly state for what reason God rejected Cain's sacrifice. It just says that Cain's sacrifice was unacceptable to God. Now, that's important for us today because they did the same act, and they were probably in or close to the same location, but their hearts were in different places. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. They did the same act, and they were probably in the same location, but their hearts were in different places. Mm, just like some of us today, we we do the same acts. We we go to church on a regular basis. We do not forsake the the uh, 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 gathering of ourselves one to another. We sit sometimes side by side on the same church pews. We attend the same Sunday schools and Bible studies and prayer meetings. However, for some of us, mm, thank you, God, we are there truly caught up in praise. And for some of us, we there, but we might as well not be there. Our bodies are there, but our hearts are in different places. Uh, we all praise him, but some are from the heart and some are just lip service. Hallelujah. I, I, I see everyone praising God when the sun is shining and flowers are blooming, but are you praising God when it's raining and the flowers have died? <laughs> are, are, are you praising God when there's food on your table and your cupboards are full and, and your income is flowing, but can 
can you praise him when you don't know where your next meal is going to come from? Can you praise him even though hell is breaking loose all around you? See, there's a different type of praise that is acceptable unto God. And we're sitting here with this uh, 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 sacrifice with Cain and Abel for a brief moment, because what I would hate to see is for us who have been all uh, uh, growing and flowing in ministry and love together, some of us are accepted and some of us are rejected. Can you get to a place like the songwriter said, I, I will praise him at all times? Can can you get to a place like the songwriter song, uh, uh, praise is what I do. Not just because I'm happy, it's just because that's what I do. Not because I'm sad, it's just what I'm do. Not because I'm healthy, praise is just what I do. Not because all my loved ones are still around, it's just because praise is what I do. Even when loved ones begin to die, praise is just what I do. Can you get to a place where your sacrifice is acceptable unto God? Which brings us to where we are in the scripture this evening. Paul is saying that he is begging us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, but not just as a sacrifice, but as a holy sacrifice, and not just as a living sacrifice that is holy, but a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto God. So so let's look at this breakdown of presenting our bodies so that when we stand before God, we are standing in a place of acceptance as Abel was instead of unacceptance and rejection as Cain was, amen? And uh, in order to present a sacrifice unto God, you need three things. You, you, you really do. Even before the building of the temple, you need three things to make sacrifice unto God. You need a place of worship. That's the first thing, or wherever you build your altar at. So so many times we get caught up in, well, I worship here and I worship there. But in all honesty, you just need a place of worship, a place where you can place your altar. Then you need someone to present your sacrifice. We need a priest that has been deemed worthy to enter the holy of holies to be our presenter unto God. And then finally, you need that which is being sacrificed. So this evening, we are going to talk about those three things, the place of worship, the presenter of your worship or your sacrifice, and then your sacrifice as we continue in our theme of what are you really giving God, amen? Now, the Apostle Paul starts Romans 12 um, by telling us, truthfully begging us how urgent that it is for us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. So let's start with the place of worship. Now, when you think of the place of worship, we usually think of the temple that Solomon built. Uh, is sometimes we can go back a little further and we think of the tent of meeting that uh, the Israelites carried around with them in the wilderness. But if you want to know exactly where this place of worship started from, you would have to go to Exodus chapter 25 and 8. And and what it says is, God instructed Moses to build a portable tent 
cult-like structure that would serve as a worship center for the migrating Israelites and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. That's his exact words. God said to Moses, let them make me a sanctuary. He didn't say I'm going to make the sanctuary. He said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. What I see here is that God basically wanted to hang out with us. Mm. God wanted to commune with us. God wanted to be around us. And more importantly than him wanting to be around us, he wanted us around him. Amen. Uh, um, so he said, let them make me a sanctuary. And and I got to do a side note here because God is just dropping it in my spirit. He didn't say again that he was going to make the sanctuary. He said, let them, let them who say they follow me, make me a sanctuary. Let them who say they are a part of me, make me a sanctuary. Let them who say they are covered by me, make me a sanctuary. So what what I need you to stop and realize is that God is saying he wants us to make a place for him that we can come, that he can come and hang out with us in. Hallelujah. God has been trying to dwell with us since the beginning of time. Just as God wanted to hang out with us, wanted to dwell in our midst when his spirit hovered over the waters. Somebody said when his spirit hovered over the waters. What what, what are you talking about? Yeah, there was a time when we was nothing but water, and God wanted to hang out with us then. God wanted us to hang hang out with us then. Somebody saying, "Mm mm-mm. That that's not making sense to me. That I, I I don't understand that. Well, if you look scientifically, let me give you some science and, and theology mixed together. A grown man, his body mass is sixty percent water. A grown woman, her body mass is fifty five percent water with all the tissues, muscles, bones, and things that makes up a human being, what makes up the majority of us is water. So now if you jump back into Genesis, it says in the beginning, God, Genesis chapter one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth and the earth was void. Then it goes on to tell us how the spirit of God hovered above the waters. Hallelujah, God. Even then, before he created us, he was looking to hang out with us. Hallelujah. And further proof of that can be found in the garden of Eden with Adam. And Eve. The word of God tells us in Genesis that God would walk during the cool of the day in the garden, just hanging out and talking with Adam and Eve. Hallelujah, God. And in Exodus, he is telling Moses, hey, I want to come and hang out with you. He wants to hang out with them. And he's saying that to us today. He wants to hang out with us now. God is asking us, just as he instructed Moses, are we willing to build a temple so that he, God, can dwell in our midst? Now, someone just said in their spirit, well, how do I do that? How do I build a temple? Well, The answer is you begun to build your temple when you accepted Christ as your Savior. Mm, Hallelujah. You may not have realized it, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? That's 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. Again, when you gave your life to Christ, 
you became the temple of God. I'm going to say that one more time. When you gave your life to Christ, you became the temple of God. That's a place to shout right there, to know that you are the place of worship. Mm, Hallelujah, God. Now, I, I don't want anybody to go out there and go, oh, Pastor Talim said I'm the place of worship, so I don't have to go into a sanctuary. No, that's not what I said. What I said is that the place of worship, your altar is in you, and you became that altar. You became that place of worship the day that you gave your life to Christ. But now here comes the problem. There are many temples in existence that God just is not in. Somebody got mad with that. There are many temples that have been built that were not built unto God. If you look back in history, we had the Greek temples to the the God with lowercase g, Zeus, and the God, lowercase goddess, lowercase g, Aphrodites, and to this God and to that God. Even today, if you walk through the streets of your neighborhood, you see where some churches are still up running and prospering and going strong, and you see where some churches, for whatever the reason, has had to close their door. Now, does that church, that sanctuary, because they've had to close their door mean that it is no longer a sanctuary. It's still a sanctuary. It's just God ain't in it. And God isn't in it because we have not brought him to it. And we have not brought him to it because we are the, the portable temples of God. We are the place that he wants to reside in the midst of us and hang out with us. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, no, that that can't be true. That has to be some kind of mistake because I never heard of a temple that was not being used, but I want you to look around again and see. I would name five churches right now off the top of my head, but I don't hand, but I don't want to put people out there like that that have closed their doors. Now, did they close their doors because God was not with them? God forbid. No, that is not what happened. However, nonetheless, their doors are closed. And if their doors are closed and there's no prayers going up, there's no worship going up, there's no praise going up, souls are not being saved, people are not being reached, communities are not being touched. It's a temple, but God's not in it. The thing that we have to be careful of is that we make sure that knowing that in this situation, in this place, that we may be the temples of God, but we have to allow God to reside in our temple. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to say that again. We may be the temple of God, but we have to allow God to comfortably reside in our temple. Have you ever gone to visit someone's house, and when you got there, you wish you never went because they made you feel so uncomfortable in their home? For some of us, that's how we are with God. We've given our life to Christ. So we have become his temple, yet the way we are working his temple, he can't hang out in there because he's not comfortable in there. Mm. Let me make that plain. You gave your life to Christ, but you're still sleeping with Tom, Dick, and Harry. God ain't comfortable in your temple. Let me make that plain. You gave your life to Christ, but you're still sleeping with Susan, Michelle, and Mary. God ain't ain't comfortable in your temple. You gave your life to Christ, but you're still backbiting and passing judgment on people. God is not comfortable in your temple. It's important that you get the understanding that you are the temple in which God wants to come and reside. You are the temple in which God wants to allow us to be his vehicle, his avenue of praise, his avenue of salvation to help to put, mm, thank you, Jesus, to plant the seed of salvation unto others. So you have to make sure that you have a temple that God can dwell in. 
you have to make sure that you have a temple that God can be comfortable in. Hallelujah, God. What are you really giving unto God? What are you really giving him? Hallelujah, God. We have to be mindful that God is our dwelling. He's in us. And because he's in us, this is our place of worship. This is our place of work. Mm. Hallelujah, God. So we know that we are the temple. But he also said, my brethren, once you get into this temple, because remember, we're talking about a living sacrifice, and we talked about the place of the sacrifice, the altar of our hearts, the altar of our hearts. And when I say the altar of our hearts, I'm not talking about the muscle that beats blood through our bodies. I'm talking about our spiritual heart, which is truly our mind, that muscle that accepts God in or rejects him, that muscle that allows his will to be done through us or rejects his will being done through us. Somebody, oh, the mind, I never heard of the mind being referred to the heart. The word of God said, the day you hear my voice, heart and not your heart. You can't heart in your heart that pumps blood, but you can have a hard mind, a hard, cold, callous, rejectable mind, just refusing to accept that which he has given to us freely. Hallelujah, God. What are you really giving God? You've given him your body. You've accepted Christ into your life, but it's not enough there. It's not enough just to allow your body to become his temple. As I said, you must allow him to dwell comfortably in it, which means there's some work that needs to be done. And when you talk about the work that needs to be done, it explains to us how we need to work through and with God. The scripture says in James 2, 14 to 19, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have work? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit them? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19 says, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Mm. What does that have to do with this living sacrifice? What you need to know is this. It's not enough just to believe in God. He just told you in his word, even demons believe and tremble, but they don't praise him. They don't worship him. They don't move for him and or on his behalf. God is letting us know that just believing is not enough. You must go to work, and you must go to work in that faith. So, again, my question is, what are you giving God? You gave him your body as a temple so that he can dwell in our midst. However, are you allowing him to stay? And if you have allowed him to come in, will you allow him to be comfortable enough to become your place of worship, to be that place of worship? We are all called to be that temple of God. We are all called to worship. And I know I've stayed there longer than I needed to, but it was because I need you to understand that what we are doing in our temple saying that it is of God is not pleasing unto God. Psalms 150 and 6 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That means all of us, if you are breathing, you've heard me do it before, put your hand in front of your face and blow. When you blow, if you feel wind hit the palm of your hand, that means you have breath. Therefore, you have been called to worship God. And where should you begin your worship? In your temple. And where is your temple yet that 
body that we were born in, that we live in, that we dwell in, that we reign in. According to the NIV, the most common word for worship in Hebrew is shakah, and in Greek is preskanu, which literally means to bend down or to bend over in submission to a human being, a God, or to idols. In this case, we are talking about to God. Are you willing to bend down to God? Are you willing to bend down and allow him to have reign over you? Hallelujah, God. What are you really giving to God? And is that what you're giving something that he is pleased with? So now that we've talked about the place of worship, we need to talk about the presenter of the worship. Hallelujah, God. When we talk about the presenter of the worship, you have to remember that in the biblical times, those who presented the offerings unto God, those who were allowed to go into the holies of holies were the high priests. And the high priest had to come from the line of uh, Aaron or from the line of the Levites, and he would go in to make the sin offering for the people of God. Uh, Offering rituals were held daily at the temple, and they were presided over by the priest of that proper lineage. Now, somebody's saying, well, then that just excluded me because I am not of the lineage of Levi. No, you may not be of the lineage of Levi, but you are of the lineage of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. So because you believe in and on Jesus, you have become God's righteousness. And because you have become God's righteousness through the bloodline of Jesus Christ, through the blood that he shed for us way back on Calvary, now you are of the bloodline to go in and work for God in the holies of holies. You are now a presenter. You are now able to go in and make sacrifice. And and this is the part that I like. When the high priest of biblical times would go into the holies of holies, they had a whole ritual they had to do. They had to make sure that they were first cleansed themselves. Then they had to go off somewhere and make sacrifice for themselves to cleanse themselves before they could be considered in right standing to even open the veil to the holies of holies to go in to make a sacrifice. Now, this was so detrimental that the high priest would wear bells around their robes and they would tie a cord around them and someone would stand outside of the tent of the the veil of the holies of holies. And what would happen is as long as they heard the bells ringing, they knew that the high priest was good in standing with God. But if the high priest went in and begun to make sacrifice and the bells all of a sudden stopped ringing that was attached to them, the people outside the veil would pull his dead body out because you could not go before God unless you were, it was done in the proper manner. Hallelujah. But for us here today, hallelujah, God, God has made us his righteousness through Christ Jesus. So we have access to God, to the holies of holies, through Christ Jesus. Somebody said, oh, show me proof of that. Well, if you look in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it talks about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and it talks about how he hung his head and died in the ninth hour. And it says that when he died, at the moment that he died, the veil in the temple, the veil that closed off the Holy of Holies, the veil that shielded where God sat on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, hallelujah, God, it says that it tore from top to bottom, not bottom to top, where bottom 
bottom to top would mean man toward, but top to bottom means God toward. God toward coming out so that he could come hang in our midst. Hallelujah, God, because he has given us the right to go before him boldly. Hebrews 14. In 16, Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Hallelujah. We may not have to go through all of what the ritual priests went through, hallelujah, God, to be a presenter. We don't have to go through it because God went through it for us through the blood of Jesus Christ when he took on the form of man. He became the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate cleansing sacrifice, not just the cleansing us from our sins, but cleansing us to make us proper to go before God in the holies of holies. Hallelujah, God. We know that Jesus is our ultimate high priest and mediator, but God has given us access to him through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Now, somebody is sitting there saying, okay, well, I got that part. I know that I'm the temple and I know that I'm the presenter, but it seems like my sacrifices are still being rejected. Well, if your sacrifice is being rejected, it might be because you're not doing the work that is required for you to do. See, although we do not have to do the ritual cleaning of the high priest, there is still work that we have to do. Now, what we have to realize is that on any typical morning, there was sacrifices going forth and going up in the temple. There was offerings being made. But before the offering could be made, there was work that needed to be done in the temple. So a typical morning would require first the fires to be stoked and the altar to be cleaned. The oil and the lamps were replenished and the incense lit. Then 12 fresh baked loaves of bread were placed on this special table. The high priest decked in his special garments could now proceed with the sacrifice. Mm, I'm going to say it again. See, the problem is some of us don't want to do the work. Well, what kind of work? How do we do that type of work? I mean, we don't have a fire that we have to stoke inside of us. Oh, but I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I beg to differ because John tells us, hallelujah, God, because John tells us that, and I know we are running out of time, and I'm going to sum this up now so that we can end the year going into prayer, but the fire has to be stoked. Praising God in the spirit, John 4 and 24 is how we stoke the fire. The altar has to be cleaned. Asking God for forgiveness every morning for any sins we may have committed the day before is how we cleanse our altar. Oil in the lamps have to be replenished. Well, allowing the spirit of God to fall fresh upon you every morning is how you replenish the oils in the lamp, giving God giving us the oil of gladness in Isaiah 61 and 3. The incense has to be lit. We have to put on that fragrance of worship. 2 Corinthians 2 and 15 compares our lives to a sweet savior or perfume unto the Lord. Hallelujah. The fragrance of it gives a, a testimony to those around us, whether they're saved or unsaved alike. Hallelujah, God. We there is work that we have to be uh, uh, get completed before we can go into the the holy of holies, but to offer our sacrifice. The twelve loaves of bread that's placed on the table represents mankind who is now under a new order or new government because 12 is the number of new government. That's why there were 12 tribes of Israel. Hallelujah. God. That's why there were 12 disciples. Hallelujah. God. Thank you, Jesus. The 12 loaves, because their loaves of baked bread has leaven in them, which means they represent man, which has sin in us. But although we have sin in us, we are in the presence of God because God has allowed Jesus Christ to die for our sins, that we may be made the righteousness of him through Christ Jesus. The last thing I'm going 
going to say, and then we're going to pass it over, is we talked about the presentation. We talked about the presenter. I'm sorry. We talked about the place of worship, the temple, which is us. We talked about the presenter, which is us. Now we have to talk about the sacrifice, which is our bodies. And uh, 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 the, the, what God said here to us is that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. There were many reasons for a person to give sacrifice, sacrifice of a sin offering, sacrifice of a guilt offering, sacrifice of a thanks offering, or just a free will sacrifice. We are supposed to be that sacrifice that man sees on a daily basis each and every every day. We are supposed to be that living sacrifice of God each and every day. What are you really giving God? I like the way that the message version wrote it. And then after that, we're going to have Sister Trina come on and, and bring the word. But the message version says it this way in Romans 12. It says, so here's what I want you to do with God's help. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your conversation, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. The question is, are you living your life in such a way that you can present it unto God? Are you living your life in such a way that you can be an acceptable, holy sacrifice, or will you find yourself rejected as Cain? What are you really giving to God? Evangelist Trina, lead us to the throne. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a word. What a word. Oh, God. Oh, God, we praise you. Oh, God, we magnify you. We honor you. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What a holy God we serve. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus the Christ, we come boldly to your throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You are a good God. You are a holy God. You are not just God. You are our Father. So, Father God, we thank you for the year of 2022, oh Lord. God, in this year, Lord God, so many people have gone back. Oh, God, so many people have grieved, Lord. So many things have gone on that we didn't understand, oh, God. We've seen so much devastation, Lord, in the earth. But, God, you said these things must take, must take place. But, God, we ask you, God, let's go forward in 2023. God, you said you'll do a new thing, and it shall spring forward, God. So let's go into 2023, Lord. Give us a refreshing, a renewing, God, a new joy, new peace, God. God, use us for your glory. God, we empty out ourselves. God, fill us with good things, oh Lord. God, let's be vessels unto honor. God, use us to spread the gospel. Use us, God, to make a difference in the earth, oh Lord. God, as we empty out ourselves, oh God, Lord, you get your glory. Hallelujah. God, we praise you. We magnify you. We edify you, Lord. All those who are on the line tonight, oh God. God, as we go over to 2023, Meet our every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we go to 2023, oh God. Let us fulfill the destiny, the purpose, the calling that you've called us to, oh God. Let us be an 
mighty God, that you may adopt us in new time, that all our cares upon you. God, we take you at your word, Lord. So you said, come unto me, all oh, you that are but and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. By me, and only in heart, you will find rest unto your soul. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. God, you don't get to 2023, Lord. God, remove the doubt, God. Remove fear and worry and anxiety and frustration, Lord, because that does not believe you. Oh, we love you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. We magnify you. So, God, we give you our destiny. We give you our purpose. We give you our calling. We give you everything, oh, God. Help us to put you first in 2023. And everything that we do, oh, God, we put you first, oh, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Oh, God. We want to be pleasing to you. We want to be pleasing to you, oh, Lord. God, we thank you. Let us see another day. We thank you, Lord. Let us cross over to 2023. We thank you, Lord, for you are faithful. Faithful as you were promised. And you shall bring it to pass. God, we're crossing over, Lord, because we know that they that believe their God shall be strong and ready for it, God. And we know, God, that we're going to continue to live, God, so we come out able, son, and we fulfill the calling when you call us to. God, we thank you. We praise you. And when someone needs a touch from you, Lord, sinful healing, God, we already spoke in the atmosphere, God. You said Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And it has of all pieces upon him, and with the stripes you are healed. Someone needs peace of mind going into 2023. They said, Let this mind be you as also in Christ Jesus. God, someone needs deliverance, oh Lord. They said, There's no temptation taken such as God as a man. You've already made a way of escape, oh God. God, give us what we need. God, give us what we hunger for. God, we hunger for you. We hunger for the heart. We thirst for the things of God. We hunger for the things of God. Have your way, oh God. Have your way, oh God. We thank you, oh God, the whole body of Christ, all around the globe, Lord. Every continent, every country, Lord. Every believer around the globe, Lord. Take us high in you.
So now you watch the whole show just to miss the, the ball drop. We praise you, oh God. We praise you, Lord. We're not moved by what we see or see. Help us keep our eyes on you. Oh God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your loving kindness. And great are your tender mercies. Thank you, Lord. You are good God. You are holy God. You are a righteous God. Oh God, we love you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And Jesus' name that we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 And amen. 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 Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. God, thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done. Happy New Year, everybody. We Bless and praise God for each and every one of you who have joined in with us throughout this week of revival. We will be back with regular programming and ministry on Tuesday, January 3rd. I'm not, I pray I got that date right. Jan, Tuesday, January 3rd. Until then, be blessed. And we are ending with thank you. Thank you, Jesus.